Welcome back, uh, truth seekers and red-pilled empaths. We are here again, picking up the book Human Tuning, Sound Healing with Tuning Forks by John Polio. We are going to start reading page 71 very shortly. But here, first of all, I wanted to play the tuning forks for you just to get you in tune. The perfect fifth. According to me. Let's get started, you slackers, otherwise we won't get through anything today and I really want to get through this book and get it all done. So, visualization. Visualization is the act of creating an intention for the sound. The visualization to heal has to be clear before the forks are tapped. Method without visualization is limited. Through visualization, the sound of the tuning forks becomes a deeper healing experience. The following story illustrates this point. When I was a student at Indiana University, I happened to be in the music auditorium one afternoon. That afternoon, a piano concert was to, begin, was to be given sorry, by Rudolf Serkin. The piano tuner was tuning, and I was enjoying being the only one in the hall. Since it was dark off stage, and I was in the back of the hall, I found it easy to doze off to the tuning sounds. I remember at one point the piano tuner striking middle C over and over. I must have heard him play 30 or 40 times. Then, there was a period of silence for two to three minutes. I drifted off in the silence. Then, out of the silence, I heard middle C again. This time, the note sent shivers up my spine. The sound was completely different, and at the same time, I knew the note was the same. Then, I heard it again and again. It was like a concert. There was something very special about this middle C. I opened my eyes and to my surprise, I saw the piano tuner standing next to the piano. Sitting at the piano playing middle C was Rudolf Serkin, one of the greatest pianists of the 20th century. Number one, before you tap your tuning forks, Visualize what you want to accomplish. For example, visualize a positive image and feel the image in your body. Ask for the light for the highest good. Visualize an element quality or just picture the feeling of the healing response. Two, tap the tuning forks and allow the felt feeling of the image 
to guide your tap and resonate with the sound. Three, next, bring the tuning forks to your ears. Ring them over the body or place them on the body with the feeling of the visualization as your guide. Nice, huh? So that's the end of it. Now we're on page 72. Reception, allowing the sound to shift your vibrational state of being. Reception is the act of relaxing and preparing yourself or someone else to better receive the sound of the tuning forks. A simple way to understand the need for reception is to imagine a tense person trying to listen to a concert. The sounds are coming to them with good technique and visualization. However, they are not being fully received due to inner tension. Over time, the sound may relax the tension and lead to greater receptivity. Now, if you tap on your karate stop point, I just want to digress a moment, you will allow for this to happen in a much easier way because when you have um, reversal in your polarity, in the energy of your body, nothing really works and everything becomes harder. So even if you do reiki or any other healing technique that will definitely reverse your polarity back, if you add on the karate chop point technique to them, you can actually help and speed the whole process along and find it also less painful if, or uncomfortable, which is probably more precise in most cases, it's just being uncomfortable. So I just want to throw that in there because, you know, many people don't know about EFT techniques still and it really does help. And I do have a free course if you are interested in learning more. Just shoot me an email, soulmayhealing at gmail.com and I will share the free course. It's on Udemy and on Udemy we don't get your emails so we don't really spam you after just in case you're wondering about that. Plus, I never spam. I hate that stuff myself. Moving on. <laughs> However, if the person could become relaxed and prepare before the concert, they would be more attuned to the sound. So that's what I was saying <laughs> before I read it. It's funny. In the healing hearts, uh, there are many ways to create reception. Here are a few ideas. Number one. For self-healing, before you work with the tuning forks, sit in a safe place. Next, close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. Allow your thoughts to come and go without focus. If necessary, stretch or tighten a muscle group and then relax. Do this for several minutes and then tap the tuning forks. Number two, when working with another, any bodywork method can prepare them for reception. A simple method with the person sitting up is to hold the forehead in one hand and the back of the head occiput. I always have problems with certain words. Occiput in the other hand. So in the back, in the, your occipital uh, part. That's what 
they are saying. So in the back of your head. Take a deep breath and just imagine energy pulsing between your hands. Do this for two or three minutes, then use the tuning forks. That's one of the positions for Reiki as well, guys. And you don't even have to touch the person for that to work, just so you know. Number three, with the person laying down, cradle their head in your hands, make sure they are comfortable and that their hands is snug and comfortable in your hands. Do this for two to three minutes, then use the tuning forks. The four is after a bodywork session, when a patient is already in a relaxed state, you just need to let them know you're using the tuning forks. This is because the sound may shock them if they are not properly informed. Say something like, you will be hearing a sound, just allow your body to relax deeply into the sound and learn what it has to teach you for your healing. And number five, always the perfect fifth, it seems. If you are using the tuning forks in a psychotherapeutic situation, guided imagery is an excellent reception method. A few words may work. For example, you might say, close your eyes and relax. Imagine sitting against an old tree on a mountainside on a clear day. Take a deep breath and listen as some very special birds bring you their sounds. So with that one, I would suggest that from personal experience and, you know, reading a lot of books some meditations and this and that, um, you, unless you know the person, uh, keep it quite general so they can build their own special place or ask questions before, that's always advisable, so you know that what you will put in that guided meditation is not actually going to be a trigger for them. Uh, one of the ways that can prevent, if you don't know and you're just learning and you want to make sure they don't get triggered, just get them to tap on their karate chop point or get them to touch their karate chop point with the other hand because just by holding it, you create that electric charge that is needed to relax the body and the mind. So then no matter what you say is not going to trigger them. You can also say a little something like, uh, whatever I say, if it doesn't agree with you, you can just discard it and not be bothered by that. It will just relax you more and more. You can also just avoid saying be bothered. Just keep it completely positive so that the unconscious is only really hearing positive things and associating the whole experience with positive things. So there are many ways you can go around doing this. Um, I just suggest that no matter what you do, your intention, the intention you have in your heart is truly what makes the difference. Keeping your body as clean as possible by having a high vibration diet also is a great thing to do. Lots of people like Dr. Robert Morse cover this. But basically, fruit and veggies are the highest vibrational foods out there right now, other than the sun. <laughs> so, <laughs> the sunny sort of food. Because in the end, we eat food to get energy. So, whichever way you get energy in the cleanest way, which means by not inflicting pain on others, is obviously going to help you raise your vibration. So, we're on page 73 right now, toward the bottom, where it says solar harmonic spectrum interval 
explorations. Interval explorations is an opportunity to learn about and individually experience each interval. The presentation of each interval is divided into sections to help you explore and understand the qualities of each interval. Each interval exploration follows the same organization. Interval name and ratio. This is given as a number and or a name. The ratio is the mathematical relationship between the two tuning forks. This is a graphic illustration of two tuning forks sounding an interval. This is also called a Lissajou figure. In the mid-19th century, Jules Lissajou, a French mathematician, sorry if I butchered his name, guys, devised an experiment. He found that if a small mirror was attached at the tip of a tuning fork and the light beam was aimed at it, the vibration wave pattern of the tuning fork could be thrown onto a dark screen. And then they have a picture, you know, they have the light source at the back. They have the mirror on uh, a tuning fork, the other mirror on the other tuning fork, and then they have a figure in the back that goes through the screen there in the middle. So it's pretty interesting how they did that. <laughs> anyway, next, uh, Lisa Jews projected, Lisa Jews, sorry, probably, projected the light from the mirror of the first tuning fork onto a mirror attached to the tip of a second tuning fork, placed at right angles to the first tuning fork. When the two waves were projected onto the dark wall, he discovered that Pythagorean intervals produce beautiful shapes. These shapes are known as Lizajou figures today. Lizajou figures are created using an oscilloscope. So that's pretty freaking awesome. I like this kind of stuff. Now, I wish I could have a lab to do it myself. I like to see things, you know, that my brain really gets it. Otherwise, I have to read it another couple of times and then truly ponder about this. <laughs> if it's just in theory, uh, it doesn't work for me. I need the whole shebang. You know, I like the theory and the actual practice. Keyboard. The interval is shown on a piano keyboard. Although the intervals are Pythagorean and not tuned to a normal keyboard tuning, the keyboard is presented as a general reference to get the feeling of space between the tones. Element activated by interval. This section gives the element-interval relationships. The intervals created by the Pythagorean tuning forks are like the two intertwining snakes of the caduceus. The crisscrossing pattern of an interval is clearly seen in the Lissajou figure. Just as the intertwining snakes of the caduceus create positive and negative polarities, generated from a neutral core. It's probably caduceus, caduceus, but I wanna go and research that later, guys, sorry. Um, the tones of the tuning forks pulsate in positive, negative, and neutral polarities. So it's always the same story in the end, right? Positive, negative, neutral. 
The positive and negative polarities of an interval can be described in many ways, including expanding plus and contracted minus, rising plus and falling minus, ascending plus and descending minus. They are generated from a neutral center called the comma of Pythagoras. The comma of Pythagoras is eliminated in modern tuning systems. For example, the air element is activated by the interval of a fifth plus and a fourth minus. A way of visualizing the plus and minus qualities is to breathe in and out. Inhalation corresponds to moving energy earthwards to the minus pole. When a newborn comes into the world, its first breath is an inhalation which pulls its consciousness into its body. The exhalation of air plus moves our consciousness upwards and gives a more space or ether plus. When we pass away, the last thing we do is exhale air and return to the universal energy field. The relationship between ether elements and earth element is, the, is that ether is plus and earth is minus. Energy moves from the universal energy field to the negative pole, which is Mother Earth. It ascends upwards through the positive plus pole, ether to a neutral center. For this reason, Earth corresponds to unison or one tone. In the solar harmonic spectrum, set of Pythagorean tuning forks, Earth, this is represented by the case, by the base C tone, sorry, of 256 cycles per second, CPS. The base C tone can also be lowered one octave to be auto 128 tone. Earth can also be hummed has a low drone tone in resonance with the auto 128. This can be seen clearly in the Pythagorean scale, the ether and earth elements, which represent the space between heaven and earth, set the positive, neutral, and negative polarity of the whole scale. So earth, ether is positive, earth negative. The elements of air, fire, and water then pulsate between ether and earth in positive and negative polarities. This is why air, fire, and water have two intervals that resonate the same element. For example, the positive plus polarity of air in the interval of the fifth and the negative polarity of air is the interval of a fourth. So both intervals resonate with air. However, the negative polarity is associated with earth and the positive polarity is more associated with ether. What is important is not whether an element is positive or negative, but rather the balance of that element with its neutral center. The fire element is activated by the intervals of the sixth and the third. The sixth is the ascending fire. Edgar Case 
the sleeping prophet, referred to the six as the interval of mystics ascending or rising to higher states of consciousness. The interval of a third is a more earthly fire which has to do with daily drive and motivation. The water element is activated by the intervals of seventh and second. The seventh is an interval of higher creative processes and was called dew from heaven by the alchemists. The second is an interval that inspires creative thinking for our everyday challenges. So you do know and realize, I'm sure by now, that they are also related, obviously, to the different chakras. So they are also telling you substantially what chakras are affected. So when it comes to air, air is really all about communication and heart, for example. So that's why you have the fifth and the fourth. So whatever helps you remember this, you know, and make associations, I'm just pointing that out. The fire is the sixth, which is the third eye, and the third, which is your solar plexus, your power center, which is exactly what fire is about because they're usually very good at magic and all this kind of stuff because they understand it, they can see it. And then the water signs are all about the seventh chakra, right? Which is connecting to the heavens and your creativity. Which is, creativity is also part of the fire signs, but this is their main thing. So whatever helps you to make the connections between things is a great thing. Go for it. Don't limit yourselves just because other people have seen things in a certain way. Remember, your point of view is very important. Always live life through your point of view and bring it forward and then be curious about the point of view of others. This is how we will make this world a better place for everyone. Come on, sovereigns, step up. You can all do it. Moving forward, sounding and journaling. We're on page 76 right now, by the way. The sound journal is located in Appendix A. The purpose of keeping a sound journal is to organize your experiences so that you can better know the qualities of each interval. The more you understand about an interval, the better you will know how to use it for healing. It is suggested that you find a safe place and work with the interval using the knee tap, humming, and overtone methods. The humming anchors in the experience of the interval and allows you to tune into the interval at any time without tuning forks. We suggest your photocopy the journal and create a new journal page for each interval session. The journal questions provided are suggestions. Feel free to discover and create new inquiries. The intervals. The interval of an octave the space between heaven and earth. And then you see an octave of a piano, and if you know, they start on the white, all the white keys. It's a C, D, E, F, G, A, B, and then it goes back to C. So benefits, space, openness, joint flexibility, freedom of expression, balance the sacrum with 
occiput. And this is the other, and the color is blue. Octave comes from octa, which means eight. The octave starts with C and ends with the same note, C, eight notes higher. The octave contains the eight notes C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, which make up the Western musical scale. However, the space of the octave is much larger than eight notes and contains an infinite number of possibilities and divisions. The Greeks call the octave diapason, which means through all. The octave represents the beginning and ending of a complete cycle. The cycle of an octave is important to modern science as well as the psychology of consciousness. When the Buddha obtained illumination under the Bodhi tree, he announced the noble eightfold path of enlightenment. Patan Patanjali, sorry, the great Indian sage, created the eight limbs of yoga necessary for union with the divine. In these spiritual systems, one begins with earth, which is analogous to the lower tone of the octave, and progresses through the eight stages to enlightenment represented by the higher note of the octave. The lower and higher tones of the octave represent the polarization of opposites. The alpha and omega, moon and sun, male and female, yin and yang, mother and father. The emerald tablet of Hermes, one of the oldest alchemical texts, can be summarized by the statement as above, as below. In other words, the beginning of the octave, the C below, resonates with the ending of the octave, the C above. This principle of opposites is repeated in all major religions. For example, in Christianity, the Lord's Prayer say, Thy will be done on earth below, as in heaven above. Well, okay, on here I want to add, of course, they're in all religions, because all religions are fake and all came, come from the Dracos. So there was an original religion in the beginning, because these Draco beings don't have any imagination. So they would have never been able to create a religion, idea, concept out of nothingness. So there was an original religion. And that religion is about love and about empowering human beings. And now, religions are instead a way to divide and conquer. And this is what has been going on. So I understand that he is either part of the Masons and he's part of them or he's still very brainwashed, which is typical of people who have many degrees and a lot of arrogance to go along with it. But, you know, in all due respect, open your eyes a little bit, guys, and realize that what David Icke said 30 years ago has come true today. So he's other part of the reptilians, and he's done a marvelous job of playing the poor victim. Or maybe he was just a visionary, and now all those conspiracy theories have been proven to be true. So, 
The reason why all these religions have everything in common is because they all have these reptilian symbols. And when you go and dig deep enough, you can actually find this information for yourselves. I invite you to come on Odyssey in Library, where you can find a lot of information, even from David Icke, but many others who have done their own research, and you can see the truth. Because on those vanilla platforms that censor our opinions, you won't be able to find such information. So moving forward with this book. Scientists have used the principle of the octave in many ways. Johannes Kepler, the German astronomer and mathematician, discovered the laws of planetary motion through an understanding of the octave. So it's probably Johannes, but whatever. <laughs> in the 1860s, English chemist John Newland showed that all the chemical elements fall into eight families. His periodic table of the elements hangs in every high school chemistry class today. Yeah, and the number 33 is arsenic, which is the major number of, uh, you know, their Masonic enterprise. And it's also the one thing they love to use to kill people. Gematria affects news. If you want to learn about this stuff, check out Zachary K. Abbard. He's on Patreon as well. And you can find a lot of information there. He does a show on YouTube, but, you know, SensorTube likes to censor, so it's not very reliable. Nikolai Tesla, the inventor and physicist, discovered the alternating current generator, which unleashed the modern technological revolution after a series of visions in which he saw that everything in the universe obeys the law of octaves. Today, marine biologists studying dolphins use the octave to bring their high-pitched sound into the range of human hearing. They record dolphin singing and slow down the recording so that the listener hears the sounds one to two octaves lower than the dolphins. Astronomers use radio telescopes to listen to the sounds of space and raise or lower sounds by octaves in order to bring them into the range of human hearing. Sorry if I laugh, I mean, NASA. <laughs> sure, okay, 54 million a day for faking movies, please. One can actually hear the music of the spheres using the principles of the octave. The interval of a perfect fifth, air rising to heaven, perfect fifth ratio to third. The element is air and the color is blue-green. Oh, that's so cool, guys, isn't it? Come on. <laughs> So, um, the perfect fifth in this case goes from C to G, like is the one that we were playing before. So, lifts depression, joint mobility, balances earth with spirit, general tonic directly stimulates nitric oxide, release antibacterial, antiviral, and immune enhancement. Balances heart, balances pituitary gland, and releases opiate and cannabinoid receptor sites in the third ventricle of the brain. Yes, because by the way, we do produce those by ourselves, guys. If we have the receptors, it means that we can produce them as well, probably, right? 
balances a sphenoid bone, balancing sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. See the chapter Ideal Nervous System Tuning, the perfect fifth, for an explanation of the perfect fifth. So that is the one that I, I was um, playing before, right? The perfect fifth. There you go. And then there is the interval of a fourth air descendant on Earth. So that would be the three-fourths, basically. And that goes from C to F. And the benefits brings us back the reality, stabilizes hyper-obsessive and or manic thought processes, balances lower bowel, balances the fourth ventricle of the brain, and releases opiate receptors in fourth ventricle, down-regulates amygdala, balances temporal bone and TMJ release. The interval of a fourth is a grounding interval for our thoughts. Leonardo da Vinci famous drawing, squaring the circle, graphically shows the relationship between the octave, fourth, and fifth. The cycle represents the octave of heaven. The, sh the square with your sides represents earth. The man in between balances heaven and earth when he is in the five-star pattern, which is the interval of a fifth. It is interesting to note that the plane of octaves fourth and fifth are common to all cultures. Gregorian chants are primarily the octaves fourth and fifth. Primitive drummers always beat one, four, five rhythms. Popular music and country western music is based on the same progression. The interval of a six, ascension, ascension <laughs> fire rising to heaven. So the ratio is three-fifths, and it goes from C to A, and the element uh, is fire ascending, so the color is yellow-orange, and the ratio is three-fifths. <laughs> Benefits, a spiritual visions, works with moods by clearing our past processes, including past lives, and lifts our spirit, gives insight into problem solving by getting out of the box, stimulates pineal gland and release of visionary molecules, works with migraine headaches located around eyes, aids in memory retention, the interval of a six is the interval of mystical fire and ascension of spirit. The six can be symbolized as the phoenix rising from the ashes. The alchemists call the interval of the six the sacred fire. 
listening to the six was said to burn away any impurities of mind and body into a sacred ash earth, allowing your spirits to rise into the higher realms. In Christianity, the six represents the ascension of Christ to heaven. Edgar Cayce called the six the intervals of mysticism. The six is the interval of vision and inspiration, which opens gateways into your dreams. I'm sorry, just those religious references are funny to me. I was just looking for the sounds so I could um, make you feel it, um, how it sounds. But um, it's a little bit of research and they do have some, like they did have the fifth, so you can just go online and find it. And if I manage, I'll just uh, put them all together. Um, I have to figure out how my tuning forks uh, refer to all of this. I was trying to do that earlier, but I wasn't uh, su as successful as I wanted to. So once I do, then I can play them accordingly. That will be interesting. Anyway, moving on, we're on page 80. The interval of a third. Alchemic furnace, fire descending to earth. So it goes from C to an E. So it's C, D, E. So the element is fire descending and the color is yellow and it's four-fifths the ratio. The benefits, motivation, focus on goal, getting things done, balances liver and upper GI tract, stimulates digestion, improves sexual drive, balances respiratory diaphragm. The interval of a third is the fire of life. And uh, the third builds an interval fire that motivates and moves us towards our goals. The interval of a third warms us and resonates with our fire of accomplishment. When we are down and we need to focus on something that we want, the interval of a third will wake us up. The fire illuminates our goal and burns the inner fuel that drives us to take action. The alchemists call the interval of a third the alchemic fire because it hits us and separates the five elements. It is like the fire the alchemists built beneath their alchemic furnace for their experiments. Listening to the third hits our internal alchemic furnace, causing the five elements to activate, separate, and slowly transform into our goals. So the third is a very important plexus. It's the solar plexus, your PowerPoint. That's why we call that. Then we go into the interval of a seventh sacred dew, water rising to heaven. So the ratio is 11 to 12. I was just checking to see what I have there. And it goes from C to B. So it goes C, D, E, F, G, A, B, 
So the element is water ascending and the color is red-orange and the ratio is 11 to 12. Benefits. Balances the parietal bones, releases cranial sature, stimulates cerebrospinal fluid flow, shape inspirations into dream forms. The seventh is like a warm steam rising. The seventh carries the essence of our vision up into the higher realms. It is the interval of sacred moisture which vibrates with our inspiration. The seventh is the last ascending interval and seeks to complete our journey by merging with a higher tone or octave. The alchemist said that the interval of a seventh represented the sacred moisture, sorry, that massaged and entered the philosopher's tone. Hmm. The seventh is our higher inspiration in pure form. Edgar Cay called the seventh the interval of ideals. Imagine a slide projector shining light through a slide. This slide is our ideal pattern which is projected onto the screen. The screen represents our earthly self and the light represents the higher octave. In our cranium, the seventh relates to our lateral ventricles, parietal bones, and the movement of cerebrospinal water fluid through our cranial sutures and dura. The seventh resonates the frontal, central, parietal, and temporal, and occiput sutures, allowing our parietal, parietal, parietal bones, <laughs> there you go, I'll make a song about that, to lift and open like the petals of a flower to the higher light. When this happens, our inner stream is released from our mortal coil and rises upwards through the seventh chakra in spiral motions. I hope I didn't lose you when I did my little silly rap there. So moving on, the interval of a second. Dew from heaven, water falling to earth. So the ratio is eight over nine. And it goes from C to D. The element is water descending and the color is orange. Benefits, balances genital urinary system, stimulates lymphatic to discharge, enhances creative thinking and interrupts cyclic thinking processes. Balances ovaries, promotes fertilization and enhances attachment of fetus to uterine wall. Enhances sexual excitement and relationship bonding. The second is the interval of creativity and bonding. As fire dissolves bonds, the second creates bonds. Ideally, the second creates a higher ideal. 
It is represented by a mother bonding to her child or an artist working to manifest his vision. The alchemists called the second dew from heaven because it was like water embedded in an ideal pattern. Listening to the second may sound dissonant. This is just a matter of taste. Take some time, relax, and get into the space created by the interval of a second. And then we have unison, Mother Earth. And that is one tone. The element is earth and the color is red. So benefits, it settles emotion, stimulates a ganglion of input to promote the sympathetic, parasympathetic nervous system balance, centering, disperses scattered thoughts, balances illo, iliocecal, sorry, I always screw that one up, iliocecal valve and lower bowel, relaxes perineal floor, good for cramps, period, muscle, spastic colon, and colitis. Unison is not an interval. It is one tone played in both ears. You can create unison by using several methods. The first method is to hum a low-pitched sound. The second is to tap C256 and hold next to one ear and then the other. The third way and best way is to use two auto 128 tuning forks. So refer to auto tuning fork chapter. Unison is the lower note of the octave without the upper note. Unison is the ground. When a former when a farmer, not a former, when a farmer holds earth in his hands, feels its warmth and smells, its deep aroma, he becomes one with earth. This is unison. We become one. We are united. Unison as earth is a low tone or a drone. Listening to long, low tones brings us into our body. We feel grounded. Ideally, unison should be a low-pitched, ongoing drone sound. I was trying to think of a politician that sounds like that. Because <laughs> that would be funny. <sighs> so it's like this guy.
actually love that one. It's really, really nice. So there you go. This is the end. We're on page 82. I'm going to try and figure out one second my uh, tuning forks if I can. Otherwise, I just wanted to read the element journey interlude and then uh, leave it at that one. Let's see what happens. Page 83, element journey interlude. Before the beginning, imagine that before you exist, there is a potential to be you that is floating in a pulsating, undulating ocean of universal energy. Your potential is unbounded, free, and can expand effortlessly in all directions and in all dimensions. One day, like a chick hatching from an egg, you become like a butterfly emerging from a cocoon, or like Parsifal leaving the dark forest. You realize it is time to take a cosmic journey. Instantly, your potential contracts and you are being conceived as a human being. The journey begins. We are forever evolving and looking to bring ourselves into alignment with the great ocean of sound or universal energy field. Ether, as you expand from the first contraction, you enter the space of ether. You free spirit begins to etherealize in space as a form. You were potential before, and now you are something. For the first time, you begin to experience the beginnings of boundaries. You have no idea what a boundary is, yet you know that your space is defined. You experience your first emotion, grief. You have lost the pureness of your potential, and your grief is so intense that it is impossible to sustain. You want to go back, and there is no going back. Air. Ether involuntary contracts and then expands. You are breathing the cosmos and discovering the element of air. For the first time, you feel the emotion of desire. You desire your spirit back and wish for everything to be as it was before. The search begins for your spirit and you look everywhere and as fast as you can. The desire intensifies and you continue to look and look in every direction. Fire. You expand and there is relief for a moment. As you contract again, your search is so frantic that your movement rubs the ethereal substance, creating a friction and you enter the element of fire. The heat builds and builds with a powerful and consuming frustration of not finding your potential. Because it's gone. You are burning. And for the first time, you feel the emotion of anger 
the fire and anger intensifies until it becomes a primal scream. I want my spirit back. Darn right, I agree. Water. The energy expands and there is a sense of relief as it seems you have returned to your potential. Then, without warning, it contracts again and you enter the element of water. The intense heat of your fire has melted the ethereal substance contained within the air and transformed it into water. Everything begins to cool down and the element of water begins to take on a shape of an image of your lost spirit. Instantly, you feel the emotion of attachment. You are in love with the image you have created and, like Narcissus, looking at this image reflected in water, you are in trance. Earth, you relax and expand and involuntarily, the energy contracts again. You cannot let go of your image and lose your spirit again. Automatically, you feel the emotion of fear and you constrict in order to hold on to your image. Your fear pulls your image together and gives it a solid shape. Your image is real and you are experiencing the earth element. I just feel like we read that before. I don't know why. I have this strong feeling that I did <laughs> from the first interlude. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty much, it doesn't look exactly the same. Yeah, but it's the same story in the end. It's very similar. The other one is uh, when we, we did, we went through one part and the other it was at page 39. And this was at page 83. Anyway, so in the next episode, we're moving to creating five element tuning fork sessions with Pythagorean tuning forks. And uh, my tuning forks uh, do not correspond, but he does have a section with the Fibonacci coming in the next. So we'll cover that in the next session all right so i'll let it go over here we are at eight, at page 84 ciao belly see you later